This episode of Jewish Songwriter is brought to you by Temple Israel of the City of New York, a welcoming family of families devoted to community and repairing the world, located on Manhattan's Upper East Side. With an early childhood center, religious school education through high school, weekly musical services, and an inspiring array of social, educational, young professional, and Israel-centered programming and trips, you're sure to find your home in this warm and inclusive community. To learn more, check out www.tinyc.org. That's tinyc.org. Welcome to Jewish Songwriter, shining a light on the people and stories behind contemporary Jewish music, one song at a time. I'm your host, Sheldon Lowe, and now, on to the show. This week's Jewish Songwriter is Ahavat Chinam. Welcome to the show, Max and Shannon. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having us. Yeah, we're excited yeah. to be here. Thank you for being here. But you guys are normally in Australia, but you're in Chicago today. Is that right? Correct. Correct. Let's start at the beginning, though, actually. So we were talking about Ahavat Chinam. Where did that name come from? So I was helping lead some services in Melbourne, in Australia, for uh, Tisha B'Av. And, you know, we were talking about the idea of Sinat Chinam and, mm-hmm. you know, I almost think of it like as just kind of like mindless destruction. And one of the rabbis that I was working with started talking about the idea of ahavat chinam, you know, baseless love, boundless love. And that was really the idea of ahavat chinam being the only thing that can fully heal and repair our world is just for all of us to kind of have ahavat chinam to just share love without any boundaries. And I really mm-hmm. love that idea. And Max and I were um, living in different places at the time. And we, I just texted him and I was like, I love this idea of Ahavat Chinam and it's so beautiful. And he just sent me a message back like, we should be in a band called Ahavat Chinam. And I was like, ha, 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 that sounds great. Sure. <laughs> and uh, it did, in fact, become a reality. So that's pretty cool. Pretty quickly after that, I would say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. how many years ago was that now? Four, four and a half. That was, yeah, about four and a half years ago. Yeah. Got it. So I am born and raised in Melbourne, Australia. And to learn about contemporary Jewish music took me a while. It wasn't really until um, I met um, Marshall Voigt, who's an American song leader. He was working in Australia and I saw him lead a Shabbat service and I was like, what is this? This is awesome. I love it. And he was really the first person to teach me kind of Jewish contemporary music and songs that now I love and sing all the time. And then I kind of continued my own journey when I went to work at Pine Me Camp in the Poconos and was exposed to Jewish music even more. And I didn't really know a lot. And my camp director said after my first summer, you know, she gave me a call and she said, I've heard about this thing called Song Leader Boot Camp and I think that you would really enjoy it. And the timing was perfect. It was right before I left America. So I went to Song Leader Boot Camp and just had an amazing time. And then I also found out about Havana Nashira Jewish Music Conference and ended up going to the next Havana Nashira as well. So that's kind of how I, I guess, made my way in and then went back to summer camp for my second summer. That's how I came about my own Jewish songwriting journey. Mm-hmm. I grew up in Dallas, Texas, and truly everything that I am is a reflection of URJ Green Family Camp. I spent 10 years as a camper there, seven on staff. I 
learned how to play guitar there and began writing songs there and was introduced to the power of communal and group singing and prayer and was shown examples of people who I could be, who I could be like, who I could emulate. And so those people were people like Louis Dobin, uh, the, mm -hmm. the director there. And I was like, oh, cool. This is great. I'm going to do this forever. And Right. So the funny thing is that Max went to have an Ishira for several years. And then the first year that I went, he was not there. Mm -hmm. So we didn't, we had, like, I had my own experience independent of him, which actually I think was really good and really important. And then I came back the next year and Max was also there. And we just immediately connected and like at the registration table. Like yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> like I, I was hugging Mel Blatt, and you know, you knew I already knew Mel from Song Leader Boot Camp, mm -hmm. and you know, we just introduced ourselves, and we didn't actually talk for a few days, and then once we took, started talking, it till, was like we yeah, couldn't stop. Yeah. So took till Friday afternoon, Friday morning actually. Friday morning. You were sitting next to Rob and Julie Aronson, and I was like, oh, cool. Shannon's there. There's an extra seat next to her. <laughs> so I went and sat next to her. And then I and then I said, uh, I was like, hey, do you wanna do you want a shaker or anything? I had like multiple types of shakers for yeah. for sessions. That was your pickup line. <laughs> that was my <laughs> Would you like a shaker? I was like, what musical instrument would you like to contribute to this shared musical experience? And and yeah, we pretty much haven't stopped talking since. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, ideally, it's no longer American Jewish music being, you know, brought over. Ideally, I would hope, you know, it's a homegrown expression, yes. homegrown exactly. music. And so are am I looking at the two contemporary Jewish composers, songwriters in Australia that exist right now? Or is there more of a scene that, that we don't know about? There is definitely, There's definitely a scene. more of a scene. I... I think that I was the first Australian song leader in terms of there were other people who were leading prayer and who were leading music, but they were not trained in the same way as, it's you like know, fostering a, yeah, group, as, a group voice and song leaders. But yeah. we are so fortunate to know many other Australian Jewish songwriters who have been writing for years and just sharing what they've created with their own communities, which, which is really fantastic. And, you know, there's, there's songs everywhere in any community you go to, they'll be like, oh, this is, you know, Julie's Shema. Mm -hmm. And like no one outside of the community would know that, but in that community, they're really valued as, yeah. as songwriters. So I think that we're trying to foster that more, you know, we have our own Jewish music conference in Australia now, mm. which is been growing it's every two years so it's a biennial conference and uh -huh. it's it's really growing and we have met even more incredible people who some of our friends are even professional songwriters but then for their personal practice they write jewish music so it's pretty fantastic yeah Hey, it's Sheldon here, just interrupting to tell you that today's podcast is brought to you by Banzoogle, who makes it easy to build a stunning website for your music in minutes. I've tried all of the major template-based sites, and the reason I use Banzoogle is because the whole platform is really built for musicians, with features like a free custom domain name, a commission-free store, unlimited download codes, and an email list platform for managing your list, sending targeted emails and analytics built right into your subscription. You can click the link in the episode notes or go to bandzoogle.com and use promo code Jewish Songwriter, all one word, to try it free for 30 days and get 15% off the first year of your subscription. That's promo code Jewish Songwriter. Bandzoogle, websites built for musicians by musicians. All right, so let's talk about Gamze Ya Avor. 
Can you uh, tell me a little bit about um, how that song came to be? Definitely. Um, we actually just listening to Josh Wachowski's podcast with you. And he was <laughs> mm-hmm. talking about how he keeps notes with different like phrases or texts that he enjoys. Yep. And I do exactly the same thing. So that was where Gamza Yavo started was I just loved the phrase. And it kind mm-hmm. of kept circling back and like popping up in my life in different moments. So I just had a note of different phrases that I enjoyed. And Gamza Yavo was one of them. You know, this too shall pass. It's such an interesting concept. And you know, this idea of a phrase that can make sad man happy and a happy man sad. or So everything that we're experiencing right now is is going to change and going to evolve. and Which could be, if you're, you know, unhappy in the moment, really, really, really empowering. Exactly. Oh, thank God this is such a not awesome <laughs> moment. Yeah. Um, and yeah. thank God, you know, uh, uh, this will pass. And then also in those moments, those Shehechianu moments, you know, those moments of joy and, and consciousness of how amazing the moment is, that also will pass. And that's, mm-hmm. that's that can be a tough thing. But it's a reality of our existence mm. that we are ever-changing and ever-moving. And um, there's a lot of movement in the song that you can feel. It's a very mm-hmm. high pace, involved, uh, exciting song. And we tried to capture that in the production and how we put it together. And the idea is, I think, the message for me, at least, with Gamze Yavor, and I do find it comforting to think about in all moments, but also the message behind that is be present because if you're worried too much, you know, about what already happened, like it's all going to pass. If you're looking too much into the future, like you're not there yet. So you know that everything's going to change. So why not be present in what's happening right now? Mm -hmm. Beautiful. And where can we find this song? So we are about to launch this uh, album. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's called Walk. Which is uh, the name of the town in which Asrui exists and where Havanashira is held and where we met. So this is kind of the first album that we've put together under the project Ahavat Chinam. And uh, the album Akanamawak will be available in the coming weeks. Beautiful. Can you provide some best practices for teaching this song or where to use it or with whom to use it? This is... Um a song that is really fun to sing with a group of people. Like we've shared in a concert, I guess, situation many times because it is really good for audience involvement. But also it is an interesting opportunity to invite people, I think, to share their own lyrics of what they would like to share with the song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we all, whenever we, we teach the chorus, it's always... Gamze avor. Gamze. So that's the kind of that's one, your bit. Gamze yeah. and then okay. gamze. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And so we we do the kind of it's kind of call and responsey. Um, and then Shannon rocks it as a as a leader and you know leading those verses. Yeah. Have you done it in a service? Have you done it in a classroom? We I def, we've definitely done it in classrooms and like religious schools and stuff like that for for you know or Sunday morning um, mm-hmm. Sunday school. I think to use it as a educational piece, you would probably slow it down. And, yeah, definitely. And slow analyze it down. the lyrics a bit more because, of course, all of our experiences are genuine and our pain is legitimate, and you don't have to compare yourself to other people. But there's also these these lyrics of like. It's, it's new to you, but it's not a first. Like there are other mm-hmm. people who have had these same experiences and, and those are really important messages, I think, because I know that there are other people who have also had that experience. Mm-hmm. 
Let's talk about songwriting for a little bit. What is your guys' process for songwriting? I know we talked about you guys have, have Skyped in the past, but is one of you more lyric, one of you is more music? So what has happened so far in our songwriting journey together is Shannon will come up with a lyric or I'll come up with a lyric and I'll be like, all right, let's let's get the A, B, and the C sections, let's go. And then Shannon is a fantastic songwriter and has been cultivating that kind of creative flow for a long time. I always kind of feel like if I'm writing a song, it either it, it comes from the heart or it comes from the head. And sometimes mm. they meet, there's a meeting point. Mm. But if I start a song, I feel like I, sh- I really want to struggle to finish it. And I can always go back and reword it. Mm. It's hard for me to tap back into the mindset that I had when I first felt that inspiration to write mm. it. Mm-hmm. I 100% start with lyrics, just <laughs> uh-huh. so you know my, my process. I always start with lyrics. Max often will start, like, he just makes up incredible, like, riffs and little guitar parts, and so I love that. So I'll just sit with him and just start writing over it. But I really do like, like with Gumza Yavor, just kind of marinating on an idea for a while, and then when the moment's right, turning it into a song. But I do get a bit pedantic about lyrics. I really mm-hmm. need it to be at the level that I'm happy with. So if it's if it's not working, I just I'm happy to leave it and pick it up again later because my theory is if it really is of that high quality that you want, then you're going to be able to get back into it because you'll remember the melody because it should be catchy enough that you remember it and <laughs> you'll remember that sign of flow and if you yeah. can't pick it up again, then it probably wasn't that great to begin. With. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> But it, it's a good thing. It, I think it really helps sure. fill in all of the different strengths and weaknesses for one another. So yeah. It is definitely a totally incredible process to work and write with someone, to, to do that with someone who is also your partner in life. And, you know, in our cases, like you're married, your significant other, all of that is, is pretty incredible. And it also teaches you a lot about each other and to be able to finish a song and be so happy with it and know that you created it together is a huge gift, but it's also, you know, one of those challenges that if you can get through it, it's a big deal. Same with making YouTube videos. This we learned (laughs) screw traveling together. Don't even worry about it. If you guys can make YouTube YouTube videos videos together, that is a real testament to the strength yeah, of your relationship indicator in my of, opinion. you're good <laughs> you'll be fine we you. just did it yesterday <laughs> yeah and i finished and we were like this was a bad day <laughs> like we were happy with the product and like you know we, we're so glad it was done and everything and we, we love working together but like Yes, I hear you yeah. so much. I am all about cultivating creative practices. Mm-hmm. This is a huge thing for us, especially, I guess, in the last couple of years. So I did The Artist's Way, which you've probably heard of. It's mm-hmm. a book and Julie you, Cameron. You, for 12 weeks, although I've now been doing it for over a year, wow. of this practice of morning pages and writing three pages, stream of consciousness, every single day. But for me, having those moments of sitting down and just like getting lyrics out and just having that creativity flow, that has really allowed me to be able to tap into my creativity really easily. And that is a gift that now I'm like, if I stop doing it, I'll lose that ability. You know, I have to keep on going because it's really incredible to be able to just create something. But I also have been working with like different mediums because I think like I am definitely a singer and a songwriter first and foremost, and I wish that I could draw and I wish that I could, you, you know, paint to a high but standard. But but I do like to yeah 
you know, do colorings or just create, draw yeah. or paint or I love photography. So allowing yourself to kind of be creative in different mediums is really cool as well. And uh, I would say reading different texts and, and reading anything, finding different sources to help you get inspired is really amazing too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had an experience that changed my my life and, and my creative practice with Yonatan Razel. Um, so I kind of had a, the opportunity to pick his brain in, in Israel. And he told me that he, when he has a day when he's going to write songs, he goes to uh, the mikvah and he really approaches his writing from uh, the stance of it being a spiritual practice, that he is trying to purify himself and create as much kavanah and intention and focus as possible for him to be a vessel for the Holy One. And I have tried to bring as much of that into my process as possible. I love ritual and I like uh, task-driven songwriting processes. I like reaching goals and stuff. And so I would say setting time aside uh, you know, whether that's every day or every few days or, you know, once a week or on Shabbat or whatever, it, it work, however it works for you, really being present in that moment. And even, you know, starting with a blessing, um, starting with gratitude. I love that. All right. Well, it's about time for lightning round. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> lightning round. I love lightning round. So first thing that immediately pops to mind, one or two word answers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> It's really you hard for us, their Sheldon. Faces right now. I'm, trying to, I'm trying to, so I'm looking at okay. like a group. Okay, go. Lighting, let's go. go. Ready? Let's All right. What is your favorite breakfast cereal? Uh, I would say it is the peanut butter puffs that you can get at Trader Joe's. What's the last song you listened to? We were singing Annie DeFranco this morning because her new song Binary is amazing. Who would play you in your biopic? Um, oh my God. I think the first person who came to mind was Dave Grohl but I think it's because I want to be cool. him. So I want him to be me. <laughs> but I don't know if Dave Grohl acts. I mean, I've seen him act I a little bit, it. but. He's awesome regardless. Yeah, period. Yeah. Uh, what's the song you're embarrassed to love? Oh my goodness. I'm a huge Nicki Minaj fan. So. Nice. So song. All of them. All of them. <laughs> Every single all of, one. All of the pink print. <laughs> all right, last one. Yes. The song you wish you wrote. Oh, easy. Yeah, go on. In My Life. John Lennon, Ooh, no yeah. question. Or, sorry, or Fire and Rain by James Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to stop talking because there's so many more that are just coming to mind right now. I know. I know. Thank you guys so, so much. You know, I love you guys both. And I'm really glad to have you guys on the podcast and to help share uh, what you guys are doing with the rest of the world. And I uh, look forward to seeing you. I don't know when, but next time. Thank you. Thank you. We love you guys too. It's so lovely yeah. to speak with you. This is Gam Ze Ya'avor by Ahavat Chinam. Take your lesson from the universe This is not a 
it for this episode of Jewish Songwriter. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and follow us on Spotify, YouTube, and Facebook. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, please consider leaving us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. On the next episode of Jewish Songwriter... Hi, this is Shimon Smith. Jewish Songwriter is produced by Sheldon Lowe, edited by Ben Mazak of Industrial Strength Productions in St. Louis, Missouri, and distributed by Hallelujah Music. Until next time, keep writing out there, and thanks for listening. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah.